Welcome back to Seen It Before, where we are probably going to say something stupid about your favorite movie because we've seen it all before. I'm Danny. Man, you're really going into the, uh, you're, you're, you're just... Well, this right is about the it. audience. It's, it's for you guys. It is. For your favorite you. movie. We're going to ruin it for you. Anyway, this is the uh, unofficial start of season five, combined between Movie Drunks and Seen It Before. Movie Drunks is we've dead. Doing, we've been doing this. I am what remains. We've been doing this for... A while now. This is yeah. Year, this is year going on year three now of us doing this. Yeah, it's yeah. crazy, man. This is crazy, crazy, crazy times we yeah. are living in. Yeah, all and, from uh, a little pandemic conversation we were having around the the kitchen counter. Yeah, we're like we should start a podcast. We were we may have been a little tipsy. Yeah, we were. <laughs> well, that's what <laughs> movie that's drunk. What so is, yeah. Um, anyway, uh, we are seen it before so. Make sure you like and subscribe on YouTube if you guys are watching on there, and if you're on any other platform. Just subscribe to us. We really appreciate everything you guys do and everything that has helped us get to this point. So, anyway. Oh, also, leave a review on um, the, the podcast platforms. That'd be cool. So Yeah. And, anyway, without further ado, let's get to uh, part three of our four-part Harry Potter series. We're going to do Order of the Phoenix and The Half-Blood Prince today. Oh, these movies. Uh, two of my favorite ones. Yes, and these <laughs> the first two that we're doing that I only seen once. So it's, it's been a ride to this point and now I don't know where it's going cause I don't remember it. <laughs> so let's bring in our consistent guest for Harry Potter. Mr. James Andre over here. He's, Hi. He's here. Thank you for having me. He's, is that a, is that a lightning bolt? You're a Ravenclaw. Well, I, I don't know what you're talking about. You're a Ravenclaw. <laughs> oh, you're, you're, I, I don't know what you're talking about. Okay. It's just a, it's a piece of his hair. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that, it's just a strand okay. of hair. That's okay, we'll, we'll go with that. We'll go with that, James. I love <laughs> how you said our consistent guest, not like, you know, like our, our you know, our... <laughs> I don't know what <laughs> Like one say. of our favorite guests. I don't know what else to say. I'll take that out. He's consistent. I don't know what else to say here. Like, <laughs> anyway, we're going to uh, get right into these two movies right now. So, yeah, let's just let's just get right to it. All right, we're back, and um, we watched uh, Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix. We just said this. And we Half just said all this. I know we did, but I, what, what, do you, what do you say to bring it back? Like, seg- like Bo Burnham said, segues are the hardest thing, and it's true. So what do you do? But you know? segues you are, just recap what you did. Are fluid little motorbikes you ride on at the mall. Those are segues. I hate. Why? Well, <laughs> we also have sound effects. Yeah, we have sound effects <laughs> Our now. producer discovered the... Uh, um, the sound effect you buttons discovered or was I accidentally showed, showed him, <laughs> but it's cool. Uh, we're going to get a lot of those today. All right. It'll be fun though. So order of the Phoenix. Let's start with that one. Um, yay. Yay. It's right. Yay. Yeah. It's actually kind of one yay. of the darker ones. It my it's, it's definitely one of the darker ones, more politically charged quote unquote. Yeah. I'm, um, you know, that's so like, not to like completely derail immediately, but like that's what I liked about the prequels of Star Wars because it's like they introduced the not they don't necessarily have a political message in them or hit you over the head with it, but they have the interworking politics of the world, and that's what I like about this movie. Is that they introduce like how the world runs and like the government, like you know the, the yeah the Ministry of Magic and like how they govern the wizarding world and like how shit gets done and how like um arthur weasley's like the like one of the aurors or whatever and, you know he's like one of the politicians he's not an or oh he's not 
No, what he works he for the um, Department of Muggle Artifacts, I is believe is the title. Then? He, so he, um, it's like he's in charge of cursed Muggle artifacts, like something that a dark wizard will curse to attack Muggles. Okay. Yeah. So Which, it's like like a cop almost, I guess. Like a little like bit, order. yeah. Kind of. Yeah. Oh, so Aurors are the cops. I thought they were the politicians. Aurors are the cops. Okay, yeah. my bad. Hmm. Yeah, but anyway, I just like how cool. And like instantly right off the bat, it's like it sets a newer, darker tone for like this is definitely like adult Harry Potter. Yeah. You know? Well, I think Goblet kind of had themes of that throughout. Yeah. But this one definitely went into it. Because uh, the only thing I remembered going to the second watch of Order of the Phoenix ever in my life was the Dementor in the beginning. And Umbridge being an unbelievable bitch. Yeah, so no. that's the only yeah. things I actually remember from this movie. <laughs> and yeah, oh, you don't remember the, I remember the big the big thing that happens at the end. You know, it's heartbreaking. Yeah. If you liked him. <laughs> oh yeah. 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 <laughs> that's what I remember this movie for. Oh, oh, plus the big fight at the end between Voldemort and Dumbledore. Great. True. Loved true. It. True. It's definitely clear to me anyway that like jk at this point is like all right i know how it's gonna end we know where it's going now we just need to set it up for that whereas before it was a little more looser like oh here's the general villain we don't know where it's gonna go we'll figure it out as we go along true Um, yeah that sounds about right (laughs) like um i like that this series like is is really the only example i can really think of where it grew up with its audience. You know what I mean? Like, like we're seeing, we're witnessing like the MCU is sort of rebooting in a sense with this new saga that we're currently in. So, but like that, so that kind of like got more mature as we went along, but still was, you could still market it towards like little kids. Like it was, you would still have like a fun ride yeah. as a little kid. These ones, I think you would actually kind of get scared if you were like four years old, five years old watching these. So like, I think these movies were definitely made for more of like teenagers, but it also helps that it's growing up with our generation. So they're getting darker as they go along. And like, we are what five, six, four, five, six, something like that. When we all watch these for the first time. And then we kind of grew along with these movies as mm-hmm. it went along. And I, I love that. I love when movies do that and make them darker as it gets yeah. more like that. Like, yeah, it's, I, I really can only count on one finger, like the, uh, a franchise that went to completion with doing that kind of thing, and that, I think that's really cool. That it's gonna kind of stand the test of time. It's like this; these movies are for our generation, and like other generations can go back and look at them, but like they were created in, in with us in mind. I think that's really cool. Agreed. Yeah, I agree as well. Um, so let's start with this movie. Uh, obviously we talked about the Dementor already in the beginning, and this is how Harry gets kind of trapped into using magic outside of the campus as an underage kid. Right. He has to go before the ministry to kind of just, you know, uh, I didn't do this, uh, this or whatever. <laughs> he's like, he, bro, he, he I didn't did, fucking do it. What are you he did about? it, but like, obviously he's like, uh. It's like, <laughs> well, there was a Dementor. I don't know where he I came from. I want to die. I'm trying to save my stupid half brother over here. Yeah, uh, he doesn't even get any any cousin, praise. Like you yeah. know, this is like magical thing was going to kill him, and I saved him. Yeah, but, but the Dursleys still hate me, so it's fine. Whatever. Yeah. But like, what? So oh, well, I'm the just, Dursleys think that he cursed him yes. in the books. Uh, they well. do not believe about the Dementors. They think that 
yeah, Harry cursed Dudley. Although I think the if I remember correctly, Petunia is like actually. I remember hearing Lily and some creepy little fucking kid when she was a kid talking about these things. So she does believe Harry, but Vernon does not. Hmm. We find oh. out later that creepy little kid is Snape. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. They're that the best right. friends before yeah. they go to school. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because there's like that flashback. And yeah. 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 But um, who I'm still not clear who exactly sends the Dementor to attack Harry. That is addressed in the book. Um, you but, find out at the very end of the Order of Phoenix book that Umbridge was the one personally responsible for sending the Dementors after Harry. Makes sense. Okay, I figured it was her because, yeah. some, but like it's implied in the movie that that Voldemort somehow does it because he's like well, Dumbledore says like you know there is one person who wants to attack Harry and he's out there and like the, so the whole the whole theme of this movie is like just denying that Voldemort's back mm-hmm. and like how the government is just so scared to let the truth out and ex- in order to avoid a panic oh politics politics everybody <laughs> but yeah like so so okay so is it like Umbridge's like mission from the start like she just like what's her motivation for not liking Harry then cuz it's not really explained she- uh, has the biggest justice boner ever for Cornelius Fudge, the mm-hmm. current minister of magic. She's very big into order and government and all that. And she can't stand that Harry is sitting here directly arguing against the minister of magic, stating that Voldemort's alive. Cause the ministry's position at this point is that Voldemort is dead. He's not a threat. Don't worry. People keep calm and carry on. Um, <laughs> so Umbridge is not happy that Harry is so outspoken against the government. Okay, so she's like, she's like, I hate these political dissidents, and like, let's, yeah. you know. <laughs> so her plan is to infiltrate Hogwarts and just make make their lives living hells, but like in petty ways. Yeah, by making <laughs> these little, you know, rule changes. Hundreds. Yeah. Which well, I guess that's what politicians do, right? In the book, I yeah. Think, yeah, in the book I hear it's hundreds of little policy changes, right? And it's only about 800 in the movie or something like that? Um, there's a lot of those, yeah, decrees. There's yeah. an official name, I forget them. But the decrees from the Ministry of Magic. Yeah, uh, the idea as well there is that the Ministry believes Dumbledore is actively plotting to overthrow the Ministry of Magic, and he wants the position of Minister of Magic. He wants to be the head honcho. That's what the current fudge believes. Obviously it's not the case, but they think he's trying to like overthrow the government, take it over and use these children as the tools to do so. So that's why they don't want any defensive stuff. They think that they're using Voldemort as a cover for Dumbledore to take power. What the fudge? Yeah, <laughs> I saw you sitting on that one for a while. I was waiting. I was like, I was. I saw his waiting. face while you were expressing. <laughs> he's like, he's like, oh no. See, our producer oh, no. doesn't like it. You know, he, he didn't, he didn't do the. Up, doom- there you go. <laughs> I just lost my pen. <laughs> he loses his pen at the same time. <laughs> so that worked out well. It's so, a double, double whammy. I really like how, and I'll say this again in the, in the Half Blood Prince, but because that movie is basically most of the movie is just that is what i'm saying to say um this movie is like i like the first kind of half or the first act where like there's really nothing going on everyone's kind of coming together everyone's having a fun time before there's an actual like threat to like come into the school and like against the characters and i really like that and like we get to see the reunion with like sirius black and harry and like all the they all come hermione and ron yeah they all come together at the headquarters 
and yeah, I just really like it. You know, it's it's always like they they, uh, they find a fun way to kind of like because like at the end of every book we get reset. Harry goes back to the Dursleys. We already know what the situation is like, but they find a new fun way to make it entertaining to watch instead of like like instead of them being just like they're awful people. We we get it, but like now it's like. We skip that part, and then we get to see the reunion that we really want. Yeah, so. and then we see Fred and George by the end, just like, you know, we need to have some fun. And then that, yeah. was, that was great. I, I uh, love that. Funnily enough, bringing up Harry Potter and fun, this book is anything but fun for Harry. Yeah. Um, this <laughs> is where we spawn what's known in the fandom as emo Harry. Harry <laughs> is very <laughs> angsty, very rageful in this book. Um, I mean, he's a 15-year-old that just watched a fellow classmate die at the hands of his mortal enemy so i get it yeah yeah it's definitely valid but in the book harry is violently angry um and as well we know this is partially because he's a horcrux of spoiler alert for the ending oh yeah Um, how dare you spoil that like that how dare you spoil a fucking what 13 year old book yeah (laughs) a 15 year old um yeah. yeah, but like, uh, what was I gonna say? Oh, yeah, but like, in his time of need, where like, you know, this is like the the year like after he, like he saw Cedric die, um, and not only does he have to deal with just witnessing that, then he has to come back to school, and the media is lying about him. Uh, Dumbledore is like kind of hands off with him this this year. Um, you know, his friends were ordered not to talk to him over the summer. Um, what else? Like Finnegan, like, you know, kind of challenges him in the beginning. And, you know, all while, like, he knows for a fact that, like, Dumb- or Voldemort's out there. He's, he's, he's building an army. The disappearances are happening. And, like, you know, so like, he's, he's sort of alone. And, and, like that, and then um, plus Umbridge messing around with just, like, little shit. That's Voldemort's plan. Get him alone. He can't be a part of a team. Exactly, yeah. Teamwork makes the dream work, baby. But <laughs> it's like, yeah, alone, he's he's not be able to, yeah. you know, Voldemort. If he's emo, I can definitely understand why, but I can I can get... But I mean, I think Daniel Radcliffe in the movie, he does a good job of, like, em- making making us empathize with him. In the book, probably, maybe not. I, I, I've read it years ago, so I forgot what it was like. But, like, you know, it, it's very justifiable. For how he's acting and how angry he is. Yeah, uh, yeah. I know on uh, discourse for this book, a lot of people criticize that part of it. They just it's hard to get through. But I also think that's the point. It's not meant to be easy. This isn't an easy part of his life. Um, I and I, I really like the way he was represented in the book. I think it's very accurate to anyone. I, if anything, he was doing better than most kids would probably do in that situation. So uh, quickly back to the Ministry of Magic for a second. I noticed, obviously, there's two different sides to the ministry, but there are two different colored robes in that chamber. Like, do you know what side is what oh, yeah. in there, James? Um, that The Wizengamut is the name of the court. I don't remember what if the robes mean every, anything. I, 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 no, I don't know. And, yeah, I, I don't believe it's based on like, political parties okay, or something Okay, that's like what that. I was thinking, because I, I wasn't yeah. sure. I was like, oh, what are their political parties? Because that'd be interesting I, to kind of find out. I think it means like their ranking in the wizen gamut, like the different color robes, the more rank you have, the higher up you are, um, more experience, okay. but I'm not positive. Hmm. That's something that I guess look into. 
Um, also, with Dumbledore. Um, do you know his full name? <laughs> uh, Dumbe- Dumb- Al- no. <laughs> Albus Wolfric uh, Percival Brian Dumbledore. Uh, I forgot Percival. I, I I remember Wolfric Brian. Yeah, I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna call him Brian from now on. Brian. He's just gonna be Brian. <laughs> Maybe it's Albrick Albus Percival Wolfric Brian Dumbledore. Yeah, that sounds that's more the right. Order. Yeah, yeah, no, he's... Albus Percival Wolfric Brian. Dumbledore. No, it's Brian Dumbledore. That's that's what I'm gonna call him. From now on. <laughs> so Brian here's something that like I only caught this time around. Um, and I, they might have explained it more in the book, but you can hear and when they get to the headquarters. Uh, with the Order of the Phoenix, uh, you can hear Snape's voice behind the door when they're eavesdropping. Yes. That's never brought up again. It, like, it, I read the subtitles. It said, oh, Snape's here? And then, like, someone says, shh. And then, like, it's never brought up again. He's not there after in the next scene. He must have left somewhere. So what's he doing there? He's a part of the Order of the Phoenix, just like the rest of them are. Right, the but books, like, it's, like, known he's in the Order with them. It's not a secret. Yeah. I've just never, it's, it just feels weird that it's never brought up again. It does. Or he's weird. never, like, mentioned in the movies ever again. Like, because, like, then then it's like, he's, because then, then it's, like, literally, like, it, it adds more to, like, the questioning of, like, it, which side is he on? I think that's what they wanted all along, just so it'd be a bigger payoff in the end. Yeah, but, like, I did I completely missed it, so I think they must have missed, or they, they didn't nail that home the first time around. So it no. would have been nice if like, I'm not saying it's like a, a misstep or anything, but yeah. like, it's like, Oh, they added something like this little nugget there. I'm like, Oh, that's really interesting. So I don't know. Is, so it's, so they completely trust Snape and then they can, tr- they trust Dumbledore and Dumbledore trusts Snape. And that's directly what Lupin says in response to trusting Snape. Mm-hmm. Right. I remember that scene. Yeah. Just, okay. That's a, uh, that's, Half-Blood Prince? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, because yeah. right after they get attacked. Let's talk about her actress who won out of 15,000 actresses Dude, to get the part. I just saw a meme today about about her. I'm not sure if you know, but um, she was J.K. Rowling's pen pal. They were writing back and forth. Really? And before she was cast. And then, she's, then she wins out of everybody to get the role of Luna. I might be wrong on that because I saw it. It was a meme. But like, still, that's really cool if it's true. I didn't know that first part. I knew she obviously was chosen out of the fifteen thousand girls. I didn't know why, but that's interesting. I, I didn't know that. James, did you do you know any more about that or not really? Nope, I didn't even know about the contest. The oh 15, wow, fifteen thousand people. <laughs> so, yeah, I guess she's isn't she like a beloved character in the in the books? So I mean, like, yes, yeah. she's so that's why it's probably a big thing that she got cast out of like fifteen thousand mm-hmm. girls and everything that's, that's crazy yeah because most of the series was cast with that first movie you know yes. kept that for the whole time she was one of the few that came in in a later movie but still had a big role yeah, yeah. especially oh, yeah. for the child actors now that i think about it there really aren't like this is one of the only series that has kept kind of its main cast from the beginning mm-hmm. and without killing off too many people um, along the way, yeah, they're all they all grow up together. Yeah, I think that's really cool. It is because like in every show, like they always intru- like in the sitcoms, like you always have to introduce a baby to like make it more interesting on its like when it's dying and stuff, you know. So it, that's that's really interesting that they were they were able to kind of keep the main cast together. 
the and entire time. It's just as cool that what Stranger Things is doing. It's yeah, exactly. See, people criticize Stranger Things, and then I, I, I'm, I was kind of on board with that, like thinking, like, well, they need to kill at least like one person by now. But like, at the same time, the Duffer Brothers defended it by saying that that's it's not Stranger Things if if that person's not there. Yeah, which like, I get. Like this know? is the same thing as bringing Max in to Stranger Things, like Luna coming in and movie five so yeah it's the same type of thing like they start off but like they she fit right in yeah so it's and, yeah luna adds like a weird quirkiness obviously that's her yeah. like entire entire character but like it's much needed because everyone's kind of straight laced i say ron is the probably least least like normal person mm-hmm. but hermione's like super super like strict tight laced harry's kind of like she kind of has to be. She's middle a muggle, so I mean, she has to kind of try to yeah well, force she, her way to fit in. She has something to prove, exactly. right? Yeah. yeah, and then Harry's just like, "I'm a celebrity. I'm just gonna you know do my own thing." But like, I I'm am still the chosen one. He's still a good student. <laughs> yeah, I am the chosen one. He gets slapped in the face. <laughs> <laughs> and then yeah, so like Luna adds like that weird kind of like eerie etherealness that we kind of need. All right, so let's talk about the room of requirement. So they go into. This room that gives them everything they need to prepare for a battle, while Umbridge is being a bitch and taking everything away from them. So they need to kind of gather up this ragtag group of kids, and it's it's really cool. It's like you know, rebels. Yeah, it's like yeah, it's like a good way to do like the whole like in horror movies, like the parents never understand. Yeah, um, it's a cool way to do that, like kids against the world kind of thing because. Dumbledore's out. McGonagall's kind of like j- just being a teacher at this point, and then we have an active antagonist trying to shut down all this everything that's like reality, basically. Rebellions built on hope. Yeah, it is kind of like that. Or yeah. yeah. And then uh, you know, so the I like how Neville finds it because mm-hmm. it's he's a very Neville thing to cover. Across. It is very Neville, yeah, <laughs> and like. So it's like it's like we'll get to this later on, but like, and I'll I'll really dive into it. But Neville could have been the chosen one, um, other than Harry. So it's kind of interesting. They're kind of throwing him a little bone here and there, yeah. it yeah. kind of being like it could have happened, you know. So I think it's really interesting. It is. It is. Uh, yeah. Then there's that sort of little romance with Cho and Harry. Whatever. That was. A, it's just a typical, you know, teenage thing. Is um, it typical to make out in? the middle of a old war room while one of them is crying in front of the picture of her dead ex-boyfriend. I mean, no, Harry's an opportunity. The person who was the only person to witness said boyfriend's death. <laughs> I mean, you, you're right. <laughs> you're right. But like fair. Uh, okay. You know, what you got it. It was oh. wet because she was crying. <laughs> <laughs> it was wet. <laughs> oh god, I remember that line. I was like, I was gonna write something down, but I didn't about that. <laughs> um, yeah. So the thing that like the reason why like me and Step always have this conversation where it's like um, she tends to not like the main characters of stories, and like she always brings up Harry Potter as an example because it doesn't feel like he does a lot, and it feels like the plot happens to him, and then he kind of reacts to it. In a, in, a, in some ways, okay, I but can what, see that. What I like about this movie is that we're like, when he's given no options, he he decides to form the army. Yes, for Dumbledore's army, and I think like so he's taking pro- matters into his own hands, and he's being like, 
so like yeah, and he's going against you know what like I wrote in my notes. Like, I like the little conflicts that like between him and like the rest of the Gryffindor house, just subtly in there, and like he's able to make amends with that and take matters in his own hand and you know do like his version of the Order of the Phoenix, but like on the kids level. So yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Stephen King called Umbridge the greatest make-believe villain to come along since Hannibal Lecter. She's, she's fucking annoying and she's a cunt, but like, (laughs) I, I, I I, I think what makes her the, one of the better villains is just the fact that she's so real. Like you could, yeah, you're likely going to run into someone, maybe not as extreme, you're likely will have or going to run into people like that in your life. Mm-hmm. You're not going to run into Hannibal Lecter's or, you know, these crazy monsters or whatever, but Umbridge's are real and they exist. Yeah, and I've met a few. They suck. <laughs> they've been my managers. They'll try to stop you. <laughs> like, try to stop anything fun or anything good from happening. I tell you. Because they're so miserable with themselves and stuff like that. But not her, not her specifically, but people like her. Yeah. Did I tell you this one time? Like, this is a complete tangent. Um, I was working someplace, and this old lady came up, and she said, oh, thank you so much. And I'm like, yeah, no problem. Have a nice day. Oh. And then she told <laughs> my manager pulled me aside, the Umbridge manager, and she's like, yeah, we, we don't want to say no problem because yep. it implies that there was a problem. Yep. I'm just like, just kill yourself, <laughs> stupid <laughs> bitch. <laughs> all right let's get to the end we gotta start wrapping up order here um yeah um so remember how cho chang ratted on like the entire uh dumbledore's army yeah i'd say she was coerced yeah (laughs) yeah we find out she was tricked into it but that's not in the books oh it's a completely different student not mentioned at all in the movies marietta edgecombe um, she snitched on the DA. And what makes it even more badass, here's how Hermione's a badass. Um, they had coins and stuff to tell when there was DA meetings. There would be a coin that it would like change faces when a meeting was happening. Anyway, she also hexed that coin so that when you had it, if you snitched on Dumbledore's army, you had aggressive acne all over your face that said Ugh. something. It was like... So yeah. I want to I talk about... Uh, serious. I want a Taco Bell. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I want to talk about like the uh, the relationship between Harry and Sirius because I don't think it's it's a weird effect that like that happened to that relationship because everyone thinks like oh they were so close they were like father and son but like no I don't think Sirius was ever like on board to be like a father figure in his life I think he was just he was just seeing like Harry as like James two you know yeah, what I mean? Oh, you can help me yes. out of all of these problems and everything. Oh, you, you got me, right? Yeah. Yeah, he's like, I got that, your back. Yeah. That is a very big discussion amongst the fan base, yes, yeah. about the relationship between them. In the books, they were definitely very close. They exchanged a lot of letters. But yeah, he was not really a godfather to Harry. He considered Harry, like you said, James 2.0. At the fight at the very end, he said, nice one, James. Yep, I yeah, I thought it was a nice that, little yeah. inclusion, yeah. I was like, yeah, it, it, he very much does not recognize that this is a child. He thinks of him as his friend. And mm-hmm. with that said, Sirius Black was imprisoned at the age of 21 and has spent the rest of his life since then 
in prison. It makes sense. He's not that mature or, you know, mature for his age, but yeah, I, I, just, yeah. I just think it's more, it just makes the whole thing more tragic because like, that's like the only person Harry's got. And then even that's taken away from him. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, Harry, um, Harry just I, can't catch a break, you know? No. I, uh, I know I mentioned this on a previous episode here. Um, this scene is what spawned uh, something that Harry Potter fans really want to hear about. A uh, scream from Daniel Radcliffe that was so tragic and so gut-wrenching, it had to be cut out of the film, and they made it silent instead. Um, yeah, when Lupin is holding him back in the, uh, the death chamber oh, at yeah. Department of Mysteries... Hair, Daniel Radcliffe's screams that he let out, they said were too gut-wrenching to keep in the movie, which Jesus. I really want to hear now. Yeah. So it's not the take that they used in the movie? because like it's, There's it, no it, scream heard in the movie whatsoever. That you see it visibly. No, you see but, it. Like, but, you don't hear him. No, it's, like, really just, quiet. It's, like, mixed into the score, I thought. Uh, that, it starts off that way, but, like, it fades out as the score wells up. Yeah, and like uh, the final okay. ah, that's what they're talking about. That was like omitted. I would really like to see that. I'm not sure how much of that is like a PR stunt though from the, from the company. Like, how can uh, you have like yeah. a, a scream so gut wrenching and it had to be cut out for a on the flip <laughs> end? Maybe you could say it sounded so fucking goofy they had to cut it out just to save his reputation. That's, um, I can maybe see that, that was be. the case too. <laughs> <Very> <laughs> you know what I mean. But also, like his final frustrations with Dumbledore too. He's like, "Look at me!" Like, yeah, like he he's ignoring him the whole fucking time. And that was, oh god, I hated that too. I was like, "Oh, just talk to the boy, talk to the poor boy." Mm. So yeah, I'm still a little unclear on why Dumbledore ignores him the entire time, keeps his distance, um, and then in the next because the next movie he's like, "Oh, I need to like mentor the shit out of this guy." Yeah. You know? Yeah, it relates to the occlumency and legitimacy that Snape teaches Harry. Um, at this point, Dumbledore is like 90% sure that Harry is a Horcrux. Um, yeah. And because of that, okay. uh, they he worries that the connection between them is too strong. If he gets too close to him, Dumb- uh, Voldemort will use that connection to go after Dumbledore and will actively keep using Harry as this tool to go after Dumbledore. So Dumbledore thinks by separating himself, it'll at least save Harry a little bit of that while he learns to protect his brain gotcha. from occlumency and legitimacy. That's okay, a, that makes more sense. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I just wish it was a little hammered in there, you know? You know yeah, what, you it, really I'm in sure the movie the only get that one at the very end thing was like, I just tried to keep myself away from you because of the connection. <clears throat> that was like all they said about it. I- I'm sure it was more fleshed out in the book. So yes. Yeah. Um, all right. Um, well, as we're wrapping this up, anybody have any last thoughts? I, had a I, few, I have <laughs> one. Uh, oh, sorry. Dan, no, you go, go, you go. It. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> I just have one. My favorite thing from the books that happened uh-huh. Uh, remember when Fred and George stormed out of the castle in their whole final hurrah? Yeah. Um, one part of that as well is they had a portable swamp that they threw down on the pathway to Umbridge's office that unleashed an entire swamp in a corridor. <laughs> whole swamp. It made it in that. Um, 
after friend George left, all of the professors, they were like, oh, we can't clean it up. It's too good. We can't do anything about it. Although Harry knew that was bullshit. And eventually after Umbridge left, Flitwick did end up cleaning it up, but he left a little portion of it uh, in his words because it was so- too good a piece of magic to get rid of. Hmm. And Harry also thinks it was meant as a tribute to the Weasleys. Mm. Oh, okay. I like that. Yeah. 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 Oh, uh, as well, the mental image Filch had to boat students across the swamp to get in between the corridor. That, 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 his that goofy ass just great. like rowing. Like- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this poor fucking non-magic user that has to do the most magic requiring tasks. Yeah. yeah. Seriously. So, um, I assume it's just because Harry's a Horcrux, but like Voldemort's able to possess him. Um, yes. That's just because they have that connection. Okay. Yep. That's the only real question I had. And then, uh, I wanted to talk about the big battle between Voldemort and Dumbledore because, like, that's like I, I, I mentioned in my notes before. I don't think I mentioned it now, but um, I like how the quality of all this, all the movies get so much better as we go on and darker and darker. Yeah, and like it's like this is it just feels like not a kids movie to me, and like this is really cool, and like I love this like um, the effects um, between in this duel. And all the different creative like things that they're able to do with the magic to make it like not just like two people you know pointing wands at each other with a like a line between them, which that's what the final battle technically is. Yeah. Um, I just like because like like Voldemort or um, Dumbledore puts Voldemort in a ball of water. Like Voldemort breaks all the glass and then shoots it at Dumbledore, and then he turns it into like dust or whatever. Sand, yeah, yeah, it's it's just really cool and like. Um, this is for this is like when we first see Dumbledore like actually fight, like go like you know, like fulfill the kind of badassness that we're all we were always built up to be, you know. Yeah. So yeah, I just really, really like that scene, and then especially all the emotionally chargedness of it between like Voldemort like is able to take over Harry. He's just like you lost, old man. You know so you, that really cuts deep to Dumbledore because like his whole plan this entire movie like what James was saying, just to keep his distance and like, he still failed in doing that. So yeah, really cool. Yeah. Um, I, I also think this movie missed a lot of opportunity and why the show or this book book needs to be made into a show. Um, that whole prophecy scene, there was a lot more involved with that prop department of mysteries. There was like seven different rooms that I'm not going to get into what happened in them. But there were all different mysteries. There was the brain room where Ron got attacked by a brain, uh, the Hall of Prophecies, uh, the Death Chamber, the Love Room, the Space Chamber, and the Time Room, all of which were in the books and had various conflict for our heroes so, to go. So through. the Harry Potter Infinity Stones, what you're saying? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's the mysteries of the universe. You know, I didn't even love death and time. I didn't even bring up the fact because, like, like I was saying in the balloon theory video, that's the um, that's what this like little prophecy thing is to me in the movie. Where it's like it's kind of, it's not built up too much, but it, it's still there. Where it's like, hey, there's this prophecy, this little blue ball that has like the thing in it, and how Voldemort's gonna die or whatever, and how it's gonna end, and then it's broken. Um. Anyway, so Danny, what do you give the Order of the Phoenix? It's one of my favorites of the series, regardless of its of its flaws. Um. Same thing with Half Blood Prince, which we'll get to. But um, I was so excited to see this movie when I was a kid. My mom actually got me like 
press screening tickets for it. it. I saw it a few months before it actually came out. So how did she score those? I have no idea. Yeah, well, I read it a few years before. Ooh. <laughs> she got like a like a radio contest or something. I think ah. I don't know, but um, yeah. So I was like, <laughs> I was blinded by a recency bias because I wanted to see it so badly. I'm like, oh my god, it's the, like, it's the, it's the best movie ever. Um, but a, even after watching it like five, six times after that, in this time around, I'm like, this was one of the my favorite ones. So I'm going to give it like a 91. I think it holds up. Yeah, I I honestly have to agree with you. Even, this is, you know, this is the only the second time I've seen this movie. This movie, I learned a lot from, even just like all the obviously world building I did in the movie along with just the acting performances in general were solid, really solid. And then all the production design became very consistent from here on out because it was, um, what's his face that directed uh, David those, Yates. David Yates. He directed all the rest of these. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it just consistency with everything they've done up to this point, it's kind of all starting to culminate and it's just great. This one's a solid 89 for me. Cool. James, what do you give it? Uh, I like this one a lot. Um, I definitely, it's spe- speaking off what Dan just said there, this was the movie that first made me think, wow, like they really nailed some of the casting here. Like these characters grew into who they were meant to be, and that's awesome. Um, I would have to give it, I don't know, an 87, I think. It's not my favorite, um, but it's definitely a solid entry in the series. Yeah. All right. I heard a sound effect yeah, coming. I, saw, I heard it too. I was like, what was that? <laughs> but <laughs> there, it is. there it is. All right. Moving on to Half-Blood Prince. Okay. So this movie is not. What are you so, laughing at? So James is like, you look at it's James? funnier when it's not acknowledged, but James is like, no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's exactly what he sounds like. Okay. <laughs> Um, <laughs> we had to roast you sometime. All right. <laughs> that was not a warranted laugh. Okay. Um, I'll just keep going. <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to keep going. All right. Uh, so the Half-Blood Prince, first thing we had to look up before we started this is this is a PG movie. They went back to PG after two PG-13 movies, which I was unaware of because I thought they were all PG-13 from here on out. They were not. Yeah. They I genuinely thought so, too. I think they should have been PG thirteen. Uh, this one feels yeah. the darkest to me. I don't. Um, I don't know why. <laughs> Harry doesn't even appear until chapter three of this book. <laughs> Jesus. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. The What's... first two chapters of this book are well. The second chapter is the unbreakable vow scene. Oh, um, but the first chapter is not at all in this movie. I mean, we should probably talk probably about that. <laughs> my favorite chapter in the whole series. Oh damn! Um, and I mentioned this previously before. In some capacity. What I said, I don't remember. But, you know, uh, we're bringing it up anyway. The whole first chapter is the perspective of the muggle prime minister. Um, It is him dealing with all the bullshit from the wizarding world. Uh, It's him meeting with Fudge multiple times. And then it, like, recounts their history. He's like, oh, I'm importing dragons into the north of Britain. Don't worry about it. And the minister's like, what the fuck? (laughs) Um but, you know, don't worry about it. Wait, and then knew? eventually the chapter ends with Fudge not being there anymore. And now it's Scrimgower. Scrimgower, however you pronounce it, is the new 
minister of magic. Wait, wait. So, so the so the muggles know about wizards? No, no. The prime minister does because he's in charge of the country. So he has you know knowledge of it, but he is like the. It's like a they they communicate with each other to let them know what's going on about any big events. It's like, okay. it's like a UN type of thing, but I guess like so. Yeah. There's this book called Darker Shades of Magic that I read. Okay. It's like Sep's like second favorite series or whatever. She got me into it. Um. And it's like these guys, this one guy can, named Kel, he can travel through different versions of London and like parallel universes, basically. And one of the universes, I think it's called Grey London. That's that's our London. And he's talking with King Richard James, whatever, British name, the third or whatever. Okay. Um, and he's like, he's like an old dude. And he's just like chilling and talking with him. He's like, yeah, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a teleporter. I travel through the London. So it's kind of like that kind of thing, right? Yeah, okay. where it's like just the prime minister knows, and like I'm sure like the president of the U.S. knows and et cetera. But we just see the prime minister of London, <laughs> or not London, the U.K. It's just fun to think. About. Yeah, so like we're seeing all of like <laughs> just George Bush's. <laughs> yeah, all, so wizards. All right. Does this book pick up pretty Voldemort much right? Nine eleven. Uh, James, does this book pick up pretty much right after Order of the Phoenix? Well, just like the movie. Like a few months after? Uh, well, I mean, technically most books start a few months after the previous one ended. Oh, yeah. But I mean, this it's, a new year. It's, a, it's a quicker turnaround for, between these two books, it feels like. Um, we go from... Uh, oh, so yeah, we, we have the Prime Minister, then Scrimjower gets in charge. That's pretty soon after Order of the Phoenix, because everyone hates Fudge after lying about Voldemort. Um, it's the third chapter that Dumbledore goes to Harry. They meet with the Dursleys. They have a whole cup of tea together and stuff, and then they leave after that to go get Slughorn. Oh yeah, Slughorn. Um, right. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Slughorn. Right. Which potions guy? Low key, the cause of like all of this bullshit. Oh my god! <laughs> like if he just didn't say what a Horcrux was, I think we'd be in the clear, right? Yeah. But like, I'm sure Voldemort would have found out about it anyway, though somehow. Like he's somehow fucking evil. maybe, but so, it would have been delayed. And like, I guess it's the argument of knowledge versus action. You yeah. know, is knowledge bad? No. <laughs> what can you do with knowledge is bad. Yes. So it's that fine line for yeah. a scholar like Slughorn. Yeah. Speaking of potions, so they talk a lot about a love potion in this one. We really yes. don't see Ginny and Harry become a thing, really, until this movie. Yeah. Uh, does, she, does she slip him something? Does she slip him a little love potion? Because obviously it seems very, you know, uh, well done in this movie, but not like rushed or anything. But is there a possibility she may have slipped him something over time? There's a possibility. I so don't, disagree, I don't agree with this. Okay, I, yeah, I just want to hear your guys' thoughts um, on it. No, she's always had a crush on him, and, like, there's been, like... She's always books. had a crush on Harry, and I think the thing for Harry, and we see this a little bit in the movie, but it's explained better in the books, is that Harry sees Ginny with Dean Thomas, um, and yep. it's the first time that he sees Ginny as, like, a romantic possibility, because for the longest time, she was just my best friend's little sister. But now that she's herself is dating and going about that, Harry himself is like... She's a I woman. could be dating too, and she seems pretty nice. 
She's got nice. And like he he builds that skin. jealousy of seeing her with Dean Thomas over time. Ultimately, um, yeah, he expresses interest through her through that rather than just her coming up to him. And yeah, yeah, so the Danny. jealousy of seeing her with Dean. Yeah, I saw Danny laugh when I said. <laughs> I don't know if you heard me. James like she has nice skin. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just that was weird. It's a weird thing to say. <laughs> yes. Wait, who said? What's that from? Yeah. Ron Harry said, said Harry that. or Ron said it. Or one of them said it. Oh, they did? They said it about Hermione. Oh, no. Ron, Ron said it about Hermione. Hermione. Think, and, then, yeah. and then I guess that transferred over to <laughs> Harry saying it weird, bro. Ginny. I, I don't know. It's weird. It's a very weird <laughs> thing to say. Yeah. Speaking of the whole Harry and Ginny thing, did the directors like, have to make it the most cringy scenes ever in the movie? <laughs> it's, it's incredibly hard to watch those scenes in particular. Where she's like, she sits down on the couch. And she's like, uh, she's like, open up, you. And she has like a cookie, and they <laughs> oh, she feeds it wait, to it him. It only gets worse. <laughs> she's like, she ties his fucking shoe, and it's like, oh, it's so fucking weird, dude. Like, that's not- that shoe tying scene is memed about still to this day. Yeah, in the Harry yeah, Potter yeah. I think movies. the cookie, the cookie scene should be memed more than the than the shoe <laughs> scene. That was right. the way she's like, she's like, open up, you, and I'm just like, ew. Going back to uh, the shoe tying scene, so we're at the Weasley house. That's where we're looping back to that now. Yeah. So at the Weasley house, we see uh, what's her face come down and Hermione, Ginny, no the Molly, Molly, no no the bitch. It's like three girls in the the Tonks floor, Delacour, bad, bad bitch, bad bitch, bad Umbridge? oh uh, Bellatrix, yeah. <laughs> Helen see, of it rhymes with, be- it rhymes with Bellatrix, bad bitch. Wait, what's Bellatrix doing at the Weasley house? Oh, this is like halfway through the movie. What's that? Yeah, you talking about the Christmas break? <laughs> yeah. Oh, shit. Were you, uh, you were talking movie? about this. No, I was like, I don't no, think we're I back wasn't. here yet. You were watching Green Knight, though. That was fun. <laughs> no, but I was... See, that's why I get confused with this movie, because like this movie was a fucking snore fest for me. Not going to lie. What? No, this is my favorite movie. This, movie. this is my favorite movie out of all of them. I think I we'll agree. Get, it's we'll get back to the last one. You guys are going to have to yeah. convince me then. So anyway, we're going to keep going. Um, so, uh, all right, let's, you guys, I don't remember much of the first time. Okay, the, so. the reason I like this movie so much is that it's the last bright spot in the Harry Potter series before the big battle. Okay. So it's it's like the calm before the storm, and it's like it plays the greatest hits of like the entire series, everyone's having a good time. Um, kids are being kids. Kids are being kids. We're seeing the classes again. We're seeing the Quidditch matches. We're like, there's a whole segment just to dedicate it. So it's just the fun atmosphere while the darkness looms in the background, which I love because it's it's. But at the same time, it tells the big the big story at the same time, like of Voldemort coming and like it, it, so it's coming. You know what I mean? Yeah, they it's, don't even show him in this movie barely at all. He's not in this one exactly. No. Yeah, this is the only one after he's introduced that he's not in, right? Yeah. Well, oh, you could argue he's introduced in the first one, but that's not okay. Him, okay, him. okay, okay. <laughs> it's not Ralph Fine or Ray Fines. It's not him. Um, and he's a fucking face, James. What about yeah. you? What makes you like this movie a lot? Um, I like this movie a lot. I feel like it is the last, kind of like Danny said, the last bright spot. There's a lot of humor and charm in this movie that we get. We really start to see the characters care for each other a lot in this movie, especially, um, you know, Harry uh, consoling Hermione as she's heartbroken over Ron, who's chasing after Lavender. 
Um, I love that. And I also love Slughorn. I think he is a very interesting character. He is the gray area because he is a Slytherin. He has a lot of Slytherin qualities, which for a while we've been taught is only negative qualities. And he kind of flips a script on that, but not fully. He's still kind of got some bad qualities about him, but he's not a bad guy. And we see that more so later on, but I like Slughorn a lot. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't. I think he's. <laughs> Let's talk about this closet that Malfoy transports things in. He's coming out of the closet. Um, so, Dad, where's my sound effect? That, no. <laughs> no, no, don't call for it. You can't call for it. <laughs> um, anyway, so it's a very temperamental closet, apparently, right? Like, there's a. Is there a bunch of them in the world, or is it like there's only know. two because it can transport between two or transport one to like wherever in the world? Like, what's the whole thing? With uh, it? I believe the their their vanishing cabinets come in pairs. Yes, they are okay. locked to each other. Um, but why is it so temperamental? Like, what's temperamental about it? It was broken. Remember, I brought this up in a previous episode okay. where Peeves is shown. Uh, banging a cabinet above Filch's office to get Harry out of trouble. It is that cabinet that Draco is now using to try and bring in the Death Eaters that got damaged by Peeves a couple books ago. Hmm. Some great okay. foreshadowing there, and I did mention that previously. Come on, Dan. What are you talking about? What yeah, are you doing don't here? listen to James Trump. We only recorded this a few hours ago, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're taking a whole eight hours to do all four of these episodes. Totally. We're wearing different clothes every time. Because um, yeah. well, you're so... shaving your beard in between, James. Yeah, we're doing all that yeah. stuff. <laughs> um, yeah, so <laughs> the girl who gets fucking possessed randomly, like she Katie Bell. Yeah, what's her face? I'm like, oh, this is a PG movie, and she gets fucking Stranger Things possessed, and like, <laughs> like what is going on? I like the I, silent scream that she's doing. Yeah, like, that's like really eerie, yeah. which makes me wonder why is this PG? You know? Yeah, how did they get away <laughs> with that? Like. I mean, I guess because there's so much more mundane, fun stuff in the movie that it kind of like it's few, few, far and in between that there's right. all these things happening. But like Dumbledore gets fucking murdered. Yeah, but you don't really see it. He you gets see murdered. Any, you don't see any blood. His head isn't exploded on the pavement, which it should. True, have been. but he falls <laughs> from fucking. You yeah, know? I mean, it should have been right. He's out of frame. You know. Yeah, yeah. He could have exploded. It could have, but like you don't see it even from the top. Like yeah. it's. <laughs> It's and then Draco, Draco actually says, you know, like, you'll find me jo- um, throwing myself off the astronomy tower. Like, uh, yeah. At yeah, the beginning of the movie, he's kind of it. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Hmm. yeah and, um, like, also, a nose gets broken <laughs> in this yes. movie. Yeah. Oh, a nose gets broken. Um, you remember the joke shop at the beginning? <laughs> yeah. Wiz- yeah. Weasley's Wizarding Wheezes? Yeah, it's so cool. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they, something this movies can't mention, they don't have time to. Uh, they don't say where the funding came from to open up that store and make it as successful and big as it was. I think Harry told us last is time. the sole investor of that store. Really? He gave the Weasley twins all of his prize money from wizarding, winning the Triwizard Tournament. Oh. Um, and that was their seed money to start their store. Wait, I thought you said yeah. last time, last episode, that it was they made a bet at the Quidditch World Cup. That's how they started making the jokes at school and testing them at school. But to open the actual shop officially after that, um, they oh. took the seed money from the tournament. Okay. Yeah, Harry gave cool. them that. Yeah. He didn't give them the money right away. Like He just like sat on it for a while because he was too traumatized to touch it. 
Um, I wouldn't would need the money. He was rich as already. So yeah. that's yeah. legit like blood money right there. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I like it's more of the stuff that like follows through with what I want to talk about happens in the second half. Okay. But like I love how what what Draco is going through in this movie in the yeah. background. Yeah. And I love Snape's kind of like you know, now that now learning that he was part of the Order of the Phoenix, I just thought he was like a free agent the entire time. Mm. And then so I'm like, oh, oh, of course he's working with the bad guys. There's no, there's no confusion there. Yeah. But like now that I know, looking this time around, now he's with the Order of the Phoenix. Now he's with um, Mrs. Malfoy and Bellatrix. Um, like it adds Narcissa more like ambiguity there, you know? Yes. So like I'm like, wow, Snape's whole like thing in this is like really cool. What's going on? And like this is it's even cooler because it's, it's all happening in the background, but you can still understand what's happening. You know? It's a very mm-hmm. it's a, it's like a sub B B plot. <laughs> yeah. In a way. Oh. Also, uh, James yes. was going to say something. <laughs> I, I was going to ask, what did you think about what happened to the burrow, the house? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I love that because it's like really? that was that was home base. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. And then they, that didn't happen in the books. Oh, oh the really? house isn't burned down. And like, it's one thing. It's not bad that it happened until you watch the next movie, which I know we haven't yet. But the burrow's in the next movie. They just write oh, that right. off. They just ignore that it was burnt down to the ground. Well, I mean, they uh, still needed it. <laughs> yeah, they could have rebuilt it. I mean, how long is it between six and seven? A year, yeah, but like not even a year. It's like it. less. It than, it's like six months. We didn't see it crumble though either, though. So like, it's it's it like was it's pretty stand- on fire with no firemen yeah. in sight. I, I know, I know, magic. I know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's magic. just that that whole scene is not in the book, and it. it just creates a big messy plot hole. It does, but regarding this movie, it's very, it very, it fits very well with the theme of like just like this is like that's like the innocence, the home, like it's the home of Harry Potter, and like yeah. it's burning down. They have no place to go, you know. So like it's like their their safety net's gone, right? That's what I like about it. But then yeah, they kind of do take it away in the next movie. But mm-hmm. um, what I was gonna say though is that. Um, there's a really interesting character that I'm sure is probably very fleshed out in the book. Um, Fenrir Greyback. I really mm. like his character because he's the anti-Lupin, right? He's an actual like werewolf who wants to be a werewolf, right? Yeah. And so do you guys believe the theory that Draco has been bit by Fenrir and turned into a werewolf and that's why he's acting so weird and like pale and like really sweaty heard, throughout the movie i haven't heard this you, you don't remember that i've never no i've never heard i i heard it a while ago and i'm thinking you kind of right because like i mean it, it could be chalked up to he's just very stressed out for what he has to that's do like I'm, he's got to kill dumbledore yeah, right that, that's why he's like you know but he, at the same time he's like super confident in like all his scenes even where he's alone, he has to you put know? like a he has to put a strong face on them too. Like he I, has to, yeah, I get it. And eventually, he gets to the point where he's not able to. But I don't. know. I think it's very it's like a very interesting fan theory that that could work if you know if J.K. just wants to make it real. Like I mean, she made disappearing poop a thing, so she could do it. I mean, yeah, Malfoy gets fucked up in the fucking bathroom. Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Sectum Sempra. That's what's so cool to me. Sorry, I know I'm talking a lot, but um, Snape is, in a way, Harry's mentor for, like, his evil side in the movie. And, like, he learns Sectum Sempra through the Half-Blood Prince book, and then he uses it against Malfoy, Snape's other 
like protege, like an actual protege. So like themes, it just, it's, it's really cool. I just really like it. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. And it all comes through with the rivalry between Harry and Draco. It's just fucking perfect. It's another thing. I was like, why is this not PG-13? Like that's another scene. You see him like like, bleeding out, right? (laughs) Yeah. That, yeah, that that's true. I didn't even think about that scene, but that alone, I'm surprised it's PG. Very surprised. Yeah, it's like an 80s PG version, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> and also, what that scene does, for me at least, it humanizes Draco to an extraordinary level. Mm-hmm. Because at first, you, the, the entire series, you're just thinking he's just a brat. And like he's just like an, a secondary villain. But then now he's like, you see him as an actual person who has to like do this awful thing that he thought. He got way over his head. And like it's just really cool. One thing that this book has that the movie is missing out on which isn't necessarily a bad thing in fact david yates talked to jk about this and jk was fine with it there is a lot more memories shown in the pensive um in the books than there is in the movie um for example we get a whole backstory into voldemort's mother and what happened with her and how tom riddle came into existence in this world which gives some insight into why he's so sadistic and messed Mm up um and i think i mentioned this previously as well but uh basically the mother uh used a love potion to trick a muggle man into conceiving a child with her aka rape um and that's how voldemort was conceived was through love potion and anyone conceived through the effects of a love potion are cursed to never love in their life. They're incapable of being loved and giving love. Which kind of sucks for Voldemort, because that's not his fault. You no. Know? He's a yeah. victim of circumstance in, in certain ways. Yeah, um, but it, it's that uh, conception that cursed him for life. And we don't get any insight into that in the books, or the movie, I'm sorry, which is a little disappointing, because that's also where one of the Horcruxes for the seventh movies uh it comes from is a ring family yeah. ring yeah I, 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 from this family see this one has see what i mean like it's it's like on the surface it like it just seems kind of like a nothing movie but there's so much that like is explained and fleshed out see that's what in I this would, movie see now that we're talking about it all like there are a lot of underlying themes and messages because on the surface it was a very movie <laughs> like it was just, yeah there's not eh. a lot of plot going on other yeah. than dumbledore dies there's a lot going on in the background yeah that it, isn't really like it's just I don't, it's really and there's cool. the whole all right so let's talk about it. there's the whole relationship between ron and hermione in this one like yeah and okay, sorry I, I keep cutting you off and I no, that's fine. Go ahead. no seriously <laughs> go ahead i was so the you know the big scene where like we find out that hermione likes ron uh and she's crying in the stairwell harry's comforting her um and then she uh, makes the birds attack him. Um, I'm with Ron on this one. Like he's just he's just doing what he does. You know, he's just he's just you know. Hermione never said anything that she likes him. She never made it clear. In fact, she's only just only been like just rude to him, and he's been rude back. Granted, but like he's doing his own thing, dating other girls, and you know after this whole the whole Quidditch thing, you know, so he's like on the top of the world, and then all of a sudden Hermione's mad at him for not. For for and she expects him to read her mind or something, like what's what's going on there, you know? And I, the the scene, the thing that gets me is the scene is played out to be on Hermione's side, the entire time. So it's like, oh, Ron should have known. Mm. I don't get it. 
I'm, I'm with Ron. James? Um, I, I don't think there's any side to be on. I think it's teenage love, and it's tricky and messy. And as Dumbledore says, oh, to feel young love's sting or some shit. Yeah, know. something He's like that. much more wise <laughs> than I am, but uh, yeah. Um, and that scene also, love. yeah, I mean that also, scene also shows like how Harry and Hermione are like best friends. So like, yeah, they're, like they're always there for each other, which is nice too. And there's there's another scene in the next the next episode. I'm definitely going to talk about yeah. um, in the next movie, but where they explain that more. Mm-hmm. But oh yes, I know what you're saying. It's not even in the books either, which is really mm-hmm. cool. Horcrux time. Let's talk about Horcruxes. What are they? And you know. <laughs> Let's just go into it. Mm-hmm. Let's just start. So Horcruxes, they are parts of your soul that you hide away in certain objects to, you know, just make yourself become alive again. Or there's a way for you to live forever. Depending on how many parts of your soul you sell away into this object. It's like a safe deposit box for your soul. Yeah. <laughs> Fair. Fair. <laughs> Uh, uh, yeah, pretty much. It's, is it the same pretty much in the book as well? Like, there's nothing. Yeah, uh, they go more into detail into the creation of a Horcrux, which JK said, you know, it's so unspeakable. She doesn't really want to, like, she didn't want to explain it. But it seems the gist of it is you need to kill <laughs> somebody to so, create a Horcrux. Murder yeah. needs to be involved. Who exactly do we know who exactly the people are who are special enough to be the ones who create the Horcrux or is it just random people? There are seven people. Yeah. Um, let's see. I don't believe they need to be random people. One of the people he killed was a fellow orphan when they went on a school field trip. Um, Wait, so he created one that young? Uh, Wait. No, the, he, well, I, I was saying like, well, because he didn't find out about Horcrux until yeah. he was at, at Hogwarts. Yeah. Yes. So, well, he went back home to the orphanage oh, for summers. Oh. oh. Okay. He didn't sense. live at Hogwarts. He tried to. Yeah. yeah he wasn't fair, allowed fair to. Point. Okay. Okay. Wait, why is that? Um, it's it stated that like no one's at the castle over summers or something. I don't know. Students aren't allowed to live at the castle. They must return home. That's shitty. Yeah, but I mean, who would be there to take care of him? True. Filch? No, I don't think Dumbledore <laughs> stays there. Yeah, like he well, wants to be there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so Hermione mentions the love potion smells differently to everyone, everyone based on what mm. attracts them. And I noticed yeah. in this movie, she says freshly mowed grass, parchment paper, and spearmint toothpaste. Spearmint toothpaste. Yeah, so that doesn't scream Ron to me. So what the toothpaste? What? You didn't get that? Oh, does he Very brush his teeth? In the movie, she's like, you have toothpaste on your mouth. Ron like gets toothpaste off the side oh. of her mouth. Oh, earlier in that movie. Yeah. That's yeah. A I didn't nice catch that one. That's a nice little mm-hmm. nod. But if there's one thing about Ron that I know, he does not like books, parchment paper. That doesn't make sense to me. It's not necessarily all Ron. She doesn't just only love Ron, but it's like okay. you know, young love. She's figuring out her opinions on love still. Yeah. She's figuring out what she likes. Well, now I want to know who smells like grass. <laughs> I think it's just stuff she's generally attracted to. Not so she wants to fuck know, a lawnmower? People. Bro. No. What? No. Like it's, it's, she's she a muggle the- from a nice home. She wants yeah. like a... It says nice what loving home smells differently to everyone based on what attracts them. Yeah. 
It's not it necessarily doesn't need to be sexual attraction. A person doesn't yeah. need to smell like this <laughs> to be attracted to them. Yeah. But the idea of a freshly mowed lawn and a nice house to raise the kiddos in. And she loves yeah, she wants attractive. to fuck books. I think she literally wants to fuck books. So Yeah, that was never off that was, <laughs> that was never off the table. Oh, no, <laughs> oh my god. Um all right. Let's uh, get back down to I love the- how that's the one joke that doesn't get a, a <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go back to the cabinet. So the cabinet. Uh, well, wait, 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 real quick while we're on the topic of potions. We got my favorite potion in the series. We got Felix Felicis, a.k.a. the name of my cat. Where, oh, yeah. Where is the boy? I don't know. I was going to try and find him, but That's he's okay. probably downstairs. Okay, yeah, we don't have time for that. Yeah. He was in the last episode. I know that. He was. He was. Um... Yeah, so that's a really cool um, liquid luck. That's a re- see. I, I love how this series keeps sort of introducing new magical elements. It's so good about that, and this is this is one just like. And it's it's very involved in the plot because, um, you know, Harry pretends to give it to Ron, giving him confidence, which I thought was really cool because it's like <laughs> it's like saying that you know like the light was always inside of you from the start, yep. without being cheesy about it. You know, so. Oh, nice. Yeah, I see there, there's Felix. <laughs> there he He's there. He's chilling. There, there's the boy. That's he, Felix he Felicis. His, he made his appearance. Yeah. <laughs> right, thanks, Trying to pop him up real quick. <laughs> um, so, the cabinet. So, eventually, all the Death Eaters, well, most of the Death Eaters come through it and start. They storm the castle. We can havoc on the castle. Yeah. It's like everywhere. And Middle of the night, too. Like, imagine, like, like fucking. <laughs> you're sleeping in your bed at a boarding school and then a fucking terrorist comes in starts fucking shit up. yeah yeah seriously like a bomb goes off you know uh, i guess we should mention before that when we're at the same time harry and dumbledore went to find one of the horcruxes so this is that cave i was mentioning that had the orphan boy in it by the way yeah so what? he killed an orphan boy here. I'm remembering now. He killed an orphan boy oh. here. This didn't create a horcrux, but it's where he hid a horcrux because he this was his first murder or something. Got it. Was an orphan boy at this cliff. Oh, okay. Oh. Yeah. I, I noticed the picture in the background of his, when there was a flashback, when Dumbledore goes to see him, see Voldemort as a kid. There's a picture of that mount, mountain mound thing okay. that they kind of visit. And it comes back later where the Horcrux is. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, man, that's just yeah. a visual cue, but... Yeah, yeah. yeah. Dumbledore be wiling in this when he's drinking all that, like, water. Oh, emotion. oh like, my God. This poor man. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> that scene was hard to sit through. I think um, Michael Gambon did a really good job there, He did. Because he looked like a toddler with how, like, much he was crying and sobbing there. He looked unhinged. Yeah, and then he got his whole you will not pass moment of this, too, when he's, like, mm. saving Harry from being dragged down to the bottom of the yeah. pit and everything, which was cool. Yeah, um, the Inferi, which are terrifying creatures. Yeah, they're like... Are uh, they, like, reverse zombies. angels or whatever? Who knows? They're, like, they're. zombies, basically. They're corpses yeah. that have been infected. They're, so now Bellatrix and all the Death Eaters are storming the castle. Harry and Dumbledore get back to the top of the uh, astrology tower, right? Is that what it is? Astronomy. 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 I'm sorry. I'm astrology sorry. isn't real, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> That'll piss off half the We're end. talking about magic here. Get it right. <laughs> um, I love those memes where it's like the girls don't know. Um, like on the street, um, 
it's like, oh, what, what are the four seasons? And they say, June, July, August. <laughs> and they're just like, oh, I bet you know what your sign is, though. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So they get back, and then Draco walks up as Harry hides under the floorboards or whatever. Um, Draco is, like, having a hard fucking time right here. Like, the poor boy is like, I don't want to do this. And then, Yeah, he's like, got to kill a dude, bro. This, yeah, it just shows more of the emotional, like, told that he's been going through this whole film and yes. it's just like <sighs> my the poor boy i i feel for him in this one like it's you don't hate him totally in this movie yeah and that only gets amplified in the next couple yeah so seriously. it's just because it, he's great. not his father his father's not even like he's not, yeah his father's not even committed to yeah, the cause either like which we'll find out you know yeah and then Bellatrix is like, nah. And then Snape walks up and oh, breaks his bond right there because he actually ended up doing it, right? Like, is that how he breaks his um, unbreakable curse, right? Or unbreakable, unbreakable vow? Well, he didn't break it. He fulfilled it. Yeah. He, fulfilled it. he, he yeah, did yeah. what it required yeah, by so completing the task. It was all part of the plan. Ah. Like, I, I think Dumbledore, prob- Dumbledore might have known that was coming, but like... Oh, yeah. yeah In the books, had, they discuss it. Dumbledore te- wants Snape to kill him. Okay. Dumbledore does not want Snape to break this vow. Dumbledore expects to die at this point. He knows it's happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, so I know there's a lot of like kind of kind of debate around um not necessarily cuz how could they do it in the movie other than make it ambiguous in the movie. So they say in the book it's like it it could be interpreted a bunch of different ways where he says just Severus please. Now that could be interpreted as being please don't or please, please do. do. And I think Michael Gambon does a, a, the best job he possibly can, but it comes out more of please don't. Because, it, it does. Mm. But he has to make it sound... It sounds... There's a twinge of kind of like, I can yeah, believe him being like, like, okay, this is the time a little bit, but it's mostly please don't to mm-hmm. me. So I'm not sure yeah. if... I, I remember that being kind of a debated topic where they're kind of disappointed by that. Some fans were. Yeah, and... okay. Yeah, and that's when we find out Snape is the half blood prince and all that stuff. And what a reveal too! It was like, a very good reveal. Very good scene between Danny Radcliffe and Alan Rickman. Oh my god! Yeah. Alan Rickman, we don't we don't talk about him enough, man. No, we don't. Amazing. I think he might be one of the best actor in this. I, I really He's think one of so. The best actors of like the last thirty plus yeah. years, dude. I like, was entirely convinced that he was Snape the entire every single movie, mm-hmm. every time. You know, yeah. even the background roles he had in a few of the movies, like you still knew, oh, he's Snape. Like, that's like, Snape. Yeah, it's just like, comical Snape. <laughs> yeah, he's definitely. But even he, in this movie, he's like he when he smacks Weasley across the face or whatever. <laughs> that is child abuse, by the way. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Um, it's again. It's, it's the, it was yeah, the nineties. We didn't we- care about and it's Weasley. Weasley so <laughs> he's fucking Ron. Like I love the second half of this movie. Yeah, first half I do like as well. Because it shows all, you know, them all being kids again and kind of relationships forming and everything. But on the surface, there isn't much going on. But I like that we had this conversation because there is a lot more going on behind the scenes. Yeah. That I didn't really, like, I saw it, but I didn't really think about it because I was like, it was the end of the day and I was like half asleep. So, <laughs> you know, I'm not really looking to turn my brain on too much. Um I liked when Harry got drunk and had was on Felix. Oh my Felicis. god! <laughs> I like yeah. that part. 
Yeah, that was when the bitch got possessed. <laughs> I like um, I like more of the backstory of how they were making this movie more. Just oh. because there's one scene in particular where like <laughs> you can just see it. Um Daniel Radcliffe, uh if anyone doesn't know, uh he had a very hard uh alcohol addiction during this movie. Um and he was like he said I think he said he was constantly drunk through every day of shooting. And there's one scene where I can really see it where he's just, he's having a blast at the same time. But like, there's the scene where Aragog dies mm-hmm. and uh, yeah. Hagrid is like mourning his death. And then uh, Slughorn is like uh, trying to comfort Hagrid because he's like, you know, Hagrid really cares about animals. <laughs> Harry's just like, doesn't he have like the pincers? And he's like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm just like, you gotta yeah. be drunk to be doing I mean, that. Yeah. <laughs> so fucking funny. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. But yeah, but for the most part, Daniel Radcliffe did a very good job acting. He didn't seem drunk at all, other than that scene. <laughs> well, I should not even have been drunk during that scene. <laughs> yeah, that's like the one time he, he was, was sober. sober. Yeah. <laughs> that's just him. That's just that's Daniel just Radcliffe right there. <laughs> but going back to Dumbledore's death, this is the moment where Harry's like, "I'm fucked. I at nobody." who like is as powerful as Voldemort. I'm going to have to figure out what to do. Like I'm the last line of defense for all this shit. And I think it's really cool. Uh, it's a very, um, he is the chosen one. Yeah. It's, it's, it follows the monomyth, the hero's journey, but where the, the mentor usually dies is like halfway through. Yeah. But this is a very late like, time in doing that. So it's, it feels, it's like, it feels structured in the same way, but it's like it's very late in the game. So it's like kind of like a new invention. Like she, like J.K. was able to find a new way of breathing new life into that tired kind of structure. So yeah, no, I, I agree with that. That's yeah, well said. I thought it was really interesting. So all right, James, we're gonna start with you. Do you have any last thoughts? First of all, before we get to ratings, um, no, Jan- uh, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> Danny, any last thoughts? Or are you good? Um, oh, what's what's Voldemort's ultimate goal? I, I'm not sure if that's really hammered home in the in the movies. Uh, I really don't know he what wants he wants to do. Domination over, like he doesn't want Muggles to have. He doesn't want wizards to live in hiding and secret anymore. He wants them to have power over the Muggles. Okay, um, he believes they are a supreme breed of people. And that they need to be in put positions of power over muggles rather than cowering in the shadows away from them. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, that's not really hammered home in the movies. Right. So yeah. then my question is, how is that different from Grindelwald? Is it doesn't is he want it? the same thing? Yeah. Oh, okay. Different so, time period. So we're just copy pasting the <laughs> Okay. Yeah. I, I I will be uh, admit that I am not too familiar with Grindelwald's story outside of what we see a bit in these books and the general idea. But after watching Fantastic Beasts two, um, I can't even remember the name of it. Crimes of Grindelwald. I, I just it was Crimes of Grindelwald. Okay, yeah. I do not like the series, and I have not been following. No, it. it's bad. I, I've I, saw. I saw. I was the only person in Secrets of Dumbledore, which is the third one. By yeah. the way. I think it might be the worst movie uh, in the Harry Potter franchise. I didn't even have to see Grin- Crimes of Grindelwald. You it's, thought it was? Oh, you didn't see? Crimes I didn't even of see. I didn't even bother. Okay, like, I hated Crimes of Grindelwald, so I made it so I don't even want to see Secrets of Dumbledore. <laughs> it's hands down the worst like 
big budget movie that I've seen. Yeah, I yeah, I have not liked the series at all. The first one was fine. It's fine. It was fine. It didn't bring but back. We didn't the... need four more following Newt Scamander. All right, James, what do you give this movie? Um, I think I give this one a ninety-two. I enjoyed it a lot. I feel like this is where we set the final act of the entire series in motion. Um, everything hinges off of the of ref- everything from this movie, and I think it's critical to the series as a whole. So yeah, I'll stick with uh, the number I just said. All right, ninety-two. <laughs> ninety-two. Okay, it. I couldn't remember if it was ninety-one or two. <laughs> I, after you guys have kind of explained it to me more of how it's more of a background movie than a surface level movie. And now that I'm kind of the gears are turning in my brain because I'm actually awake right now, um, <laughs> I, I think this movie's definitely gone up. Originally, I was going to give this movie like a 74. Um, yeah, it, not good, right? Um, I think it's going to jump up to an 83 for me. It's okay. very, it, it's good. It's not my favorite. Still not my favorite. May I have to watch it again to really fully appreciate it. But again, only the second time I've ever seen this movie. So Fair you've enough. seen it like what five, six times probably. Yeah, this is my favorite. Yeah. favorite of all of them so it'll take time this one's rewatchability has a higher like, yeah it has, it's a higher rewatchability rate to watch this one i'll say this it works way better if you watch if you watch this one in the with, like as you're going along in the whole series it's not mm-hmm. really one that you pick up and watch out of order yeah so in that sense i definitely get it but because i that's what i do with these movies i always watch them through like one through eight um, I'm gonna give this one, and you guys can't argue with me here. I'm gonna give it a 96. Holy shit. This is my favorite Harry Potter movie. Yeah. But yeah. Like, <laughs> I just love it so much, like and it. even with all the flaws that we've mentioned, doesn't really do anything to it. So yeah, that's just my opinion. All right. Yeah. Yeah. No, your your opinion is always welcome, but it's. Not the right opinion. Um, <laughs> but you're wrong. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, so I guess we're wrapping up episode part three of our four-part Harry Potter adventure here. So we're seen before. You can find us on Instagram and TikTok with the handle at Seen It Beforecast. That's S-C-E-N-E, It Beforecast. And on Twitter with the handle S-I-B underscore pod. I'm Dan. I'm Danny. You can find me on Instagram at Danny underscore Was. My letterbox that DJ Was. Or my YouTube channel, which is just... Danny Wass, and hopefully my fingers pointed in the right direction. Your fingers, are, you're like, I don't know what you are right so like, now, but you're like this. Well, no, I'm saying, <laughs> Instagram's here, Letterbox is here, YouTube channel over oh, here. You're trying to do that thing. I'm trying to do the interacting. What if whatever. we're not on the right camera? What if it's not on the right camera? I hope we are. <laughs> well, that would be fucking <laughs> awkward. All right. <laughs> James, what do you want to say? Hi, yeah, I'm James, and well, the got really sun dark. just went behind a cloud right now. Yeah, you're very dark. Um, <laughs> yeah, thank you. Here, we're just gonna. Whoop. Oh no! Oh not god! That. <laughs> not that. This is horrible. We're gonna bump up the exposure. There you go. Quick. That's good, right there. there. Right there. Okay. We're we're taking it. Um, yeah, I'm James. Thanks for having me so much. You can find my letterbox at James eighty one XA, and I'm making the editor. Oh my god, I can't find it. They put it right there. That would be me. Don't, no, I'd be right me. there. Oh, right in between the movies and the shelf. Okay. Good luck. I'm not putting it there. Damn. Put it over his face. I'm going to put it right over his face. I'm just going to block your face out right now. You're just going to... Right now, you're going... Soft. All right. Ah, follow shit. me. No. No. Do you have to track ID. my face? <laughs> All right. Um, uh, thanks for having me, guys. Yeah. Of course, you're going to be back for our last one as well. 
Deathly Hallows Part 1 and 2. Ooh. So we are finishing up Harry Potter next week. Be there or be a fucking square. I don't know. <laughs> that was bad. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> anyway uh yeah okay thank you for all the support on uh, these last couple months uh with uh youtube and shorts and everything yeah, and make sure TikTok. like subscribe like subscribe leave a review yeah so uh, see you next week